0: Oh damn! All right,
1: who's making it? That's
2: because someone's speakers on. That's you, Sandy Clown. Clown. What do you mean it's me? Because your your Zoom speaker's still on. Yeah, turn your Zoom off.
0: Oh, all right. what What about now? Yeah, it's good. Yep. There we are. All right, all right, all right. So, all right, this works. Sweet, this is right. sick. We're
1: all on, and uh, yeah. welcome to Opinions Unqualified. <laughs> nice, nice. Trey, Sammy, good job, buddy. Yeah. So, it's, it's, a, it's um... a new world, it's a, a different world, and um, we are trying for the first time in the history of the podcast in episode 41 um, to record from a, separate locations. Um, so We've, uh, we've decided that we're super technical beings and uh, we've got a Zoom call on, which is just video, so we can look at each other's faces as handsome as they are, and uh, we're on the phone um, as well uh, recording. And um, Sam, we've been able to attract, I don't know how we did it, um, maybe it's because of our, our wit and humour and just the overall fandom of, of this human being himself, but we've happened to get a, a really exciting guest this week.
0: Yeah, we're uh, we are super lucky to have the uh, multi talented, um, good looking, um, baller, uh, voice of an angel. <laughs> and anything else that you can add to this, Nixie, or because I can keep yeah, I, I'd
1: months. say, I'd definitely say charismatic, I would say like some smooth moves on, on the dance floor, definitely on the stage, um. He, uh, he has a way with words. Uh, he definitely has a way of, of delivering these words in a, in a fashion that drops pants. So um, from, from my perspective, he's probably the, the greatest rock star in, in Perth right now. Uh, no offense to some of our other listeners that are, that are rock stars, but, you know, if you're as charismatic as this guy, um, I'd be shocked. So uh, without any further ado, Sam, you want to make the introductions?
0: Um,
1: welcome, Nick.
0: Oh, hey. Nick, we can't hear you, brother. <laughs> so technical issues already. Uh... Oh, no. I wonder if Nick can hear us. Yeah,
1: I can. He can hear us. Yeah, there he goes. He's
0: back. <laughs> can you hear me? All right, Nick. Yeah, he yeah, yeah. oh, got wow. you now. All
2: right. <laughs> what I said was, boy, oh, boy, Uh Thanks for the introduction. Don't know if I can live up to these lofty expectations. Obviously, my technology skills is not quite up to my rock star skills, as, as you guys reckon, but cheers to have me on, boys. Appreciate it.
1: No, thanks, for,
2: thanks for being on. And uh, for, for those that aren't aware,
1: Nick's the lead singer of vocal uh, Perth band Death by Denim, um, who Sam and I have been advocates for um, and mentioned on, on the pod a couple of times, and, and definitely fans, and, and had probably had. Uh, Post-COVID lockdown, which we're currently in, uh, one of the better nights we've had in a long time. Sammy, when we went and saw uh, a gig over in Maylands.
0: Yeah, we did. Oh, was it where was it? Uh Inglewood, yeah, yeah,
1: Maylands Inglewood, same, same, different area. Um, it's sort of the east, east of the city. Um, and what I probably noticed more than anything else um, is your 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 ability to draw attention from a certain. Gender, uh, Nick, um, what's it like being a rock star and uh, with all the attention you're drawing on a constant basis? Um,
2: oh, certain gender, yeah. I want, I don't know which one, I don't know exactly what kind of gender you're uh, referring to there, Nixie, <laughs> but um, yeah, no, nah, it's good, it's good, it's a lot of fun, obviously. Uh, last couple years have been a steady increase in our popularity, I guess, especially in um, look, yes, the female gender, uh, kind of. Have drawn a liking to us for whatever reason, uh, which is good, but um, yeah, you know, all, always love the lads along as well. Everyone's welcome at a death by denim gig, you know, <laughs> everyone's welcome.
1: Yeah, that's so true. Um, I really wanted to start this week's pod by singing Cigarettes and Honey, <laughs> um, because that's just just a mad ass song, you know, and I love it. Um, uh, so what I, I was watching today, um, on because we're not doing anything this point in time, you're on Instagram, yep. and uh, you, you happen to have uh, questionnaires with people coming through,
2: and you mentioned a story about cigarettes and honey, can you sort of recap that for us? I did, yeah, um, thanks for watching the Instagram story, by the way, uh, yeah, so it was like, I think three years ago, or three or four years ago, one of our like, earlier gigs, um, after the gigs in Jack, at Jackrabbit Slims, um, just had a pack of cigarettes which you shouldn't do, but, you know, it is what it is. And um, and a bottle of honey just lying there in the green room, and I was just being an idiot and smoking cigarettes and honey and kind of shouting out, cigarettes and honey! <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know why. It's a bit, you know, I was, I, was, I was obviously a bit lubricated at the time. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, after that, I remember like a few weeks ago, we were just trying to find out songs like themes of songs and stuff and we're like what's a good song title that we can sort of do and um Hamish our drummer I think his girlfriend was like what about like you were doing something in a green room shouting out like cigarettes and honey or something and it was like yeah that could be all right and we turned it into a song about um girls somehow so yeah <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's funny where the inspiration comes from I love it um, um I know mean- Using the word "lubricated" more often. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what
2: I'm saying. <laughs> lubricated. I've never used that word before in my life. <laughs> well, I just when
1: I think of honey, I just think of the viscosity of the honey. So just oh, it's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, many so ways when we're talk... it. You know, it's all good. Oh, there is, <laughs> there is. Um, when I'm thinking about uh, green rooms, so obviously Sam and I. You know the only green room we're in is my lounge room before we head out into the shed to record. Generally, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what what is the weirdest thing you've seen in the green room? And are you at a level now where you can request like just a, a stupid writer?
2: Um, oh, the weirdest thing probably was actually at the gig that you guys were at. We had um because we built it as like a summer party sort of thing, just because we were sick of having it built as like another Death by Denim gig wherever. Um, and I had like two massive beach balls that I thought were like kind of smallish, but turns out they were like, I don't know, 90 centimeters in diameter. And I was like myself and our sound guy, um, we were blowing this uh, big beach ball for like half an hour at least. And it was like, before a gig, this, that's the least thing you want to do really is be blowing a beach ball. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm giving my beer away. I'm blowing this beach ball. I don't know what the hell I'm doing, um, but I think it provided a good level of banter for the night. Um, regards to, Uh, not really. Like we, we get a, we get a carton of beers and a bottle of vodka each show, which is pretty cool. Yep. Gets us, gets us going. And then if if it's like sold out or whatever, we usually after the gig we'll be like, come on, just get us more beers, just. More please. <laughs> and they usually they usually applied by it which is good. Um, but yeah, maybe one day I'll ask for like Smarties with only the blue ones in there or some shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I'll be in movies, there. Huh? I want crayfish. Like just, yeah, I want to cook cray.
1: Yeah. And yeah, <laughs> and then maybe Sherbys. <laughs> <laughs> Um, So talking about um, the venues and things, have you played in uh, the,
2: the Prince of Wales in, in Bunbury yet? Yeah, we played there a few times actually, um, which is fun. Uh, we played it like three or four times. I remember the first time there was literally five people there and there were um, the other bands that we were playing with. Yep. Um, and then the second time was pretty decent and it's been getting better and better over there. But um, yeah, the rooms, they like, they chuck you up in a, in a pretty funny little like band room up, upstairs. And after the gigs, like the workers and stuff, they don't really care. So you can just go up there and just party all night, which is good fun. Yeah, I remember having a night there with uh,
1: Danny Haynes, 60 in the 16th Haynes train. Um, and uh, I went up to the rooms upstairs, there's bunk beds in there. And it's, yeah, it's real like yeah. old school type yeah. camp. <laughs> set up?
2: Super <laughs> old school yeah, and, uh, yeah it's just... the type of place you can just like trash and
1: whatever
2: but, yeah but no we're respectful <laughs>
1: <laughs> you're probably more respectful than I was that night I thought I was a rock star so yeah I just I went I went the whole hog so um gonna do it. Sam um Sam mentioned you mentioned that you saw them two nights in a row you're a big fanboy
0: yeah look I, I'm a fanboy um I'm all about uh supporting people you know people that you, you like and, and people that are nice to you you know you, you want to help them out and support them and, and whatnot um just as like me and you, Nixie, hope that um people try and support us with what we're trying to do here. Um, you know, so it's always good to share the love. There's never too much um, love to be sh- to, to share around with people. Um Sammy, but... guys like you, mate, that are keeping the Perth music scene alive.
2: <laughs> <laughs> thank you, brother. Just just <laughs> death my bed and that's it. <laughs> hey, what about
1: you know, Coach Nick, Sammy? Music.
0: You gotta give Coach Nick
1: some love, Sammy?
0: Yeah, well, when you get a gig, mate. When you when when Nick gets you on as the like the the um, what do you call it? The um before before the main support stage support act. Support yeah, act. Yeah, support <laughs> act. When you get a support <laughs> act then I'll be there. All right, bro. All
1: right, we'll talk about the contract at, at the end of this, Nick.
0: <laughs> no worries, no worries.
1: <laughs> so yeah, you um, saw him two nights in a row, Sammy.
0: Yeah, and, and it kind of goes on last week we talked about the um outdoor versus indoor. Um so obviously on the Friday night, Nixie when we went we went uh to the, to Inglewood, uh whatever the place is, the most random place I've ever been in my the life. Milk right. The milk bar. That's The milk bar, yeah. No milk was sold that night either. Yeah, unfortunately. Um and then the Saturday I I found out on the Saturday that they were um doing a, a, a little gig um, in Sorrento um, and me being a little bit under the weather I thought you know what I'll go for a swim and then I'll ride my board up to the uh, to the park and and uh, have a have a little listen um, and it was very interesting to see the um, the different vibes and the contrast between the Friday night to the uh, the Saturday sundowner Um and I wanted to know what Nick's thoughts were on the, the uh, you know, indoor Friday night to the Saturday outdoor sundowner.
2: Um, yeah, the contrast in crowds was quite, like, stark. It was just, like, the, on the Friday we had um, just everyone was drunk, pretty much, and just having a good time. Um jumping around on shoulders. We had a few people on shoulders and stuff, which was cool. And um, the age bracket would have been, I don't know, between 18 and 40, maybe. Um, Whereas on the Saturday, um, we had like, so there was heaps of people out the back sitting down in their camp chairs or whatever. And we had um, at the front, we had like 20 Under ten year olds dancing around, and (laughs) and I'm just kind of going, ah, yeah, this is this is a little bit different, isn't it? Um, from you know less than twenty four hours to go from a raging show in like a sweaty small pub thing to a big park with not a lot of people in comparison to the size of the park, it was yeah, it was quite weird. But it was they were both like the Saturday one we found quite fun too because we just um. Just mucked around and took it out how, how it was. Whereas the Friday one, we were um, obviously in party mode as well, so it was all just a big party that night. Um, but yeah, both are good
0: to be honest. But I would prefer the Friday, obviously. Prefer the Friday. Yeah, like, I'm not gonna lie. I did, did like the um, the vibes of the Saturday was quite nice as well, though. Like just yeah. having everyone Run outside it. out and out sure. The, uh, if, if you if you want to be like
2: a little uh, an old nana, <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> Go for it. But. But, so, you know, me myself, I like to have a good time here.
0: Uh, that's, that's, that's the difference between uh, the rock star and there's the uh, Podcaster. wannabe rock star. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, I wanted to talk to you. We had a conversation Nick, at the end of the Friday night concert at the Milk Bar about your song, Death by Denim. Now, yeah. I'm a big, big advocate that there's a place for it. At oh, the end yeah. of your show, you make it consistent. That's what you guys do. Um, yep. Sam thinks it's a great song, and I think it's a shit song. I'll be, to be yeah. honest with you. We really had that conversation, but there's definitely yeah, a place for. it is that song? Um, firstly, give us your thoughts on the song itself, and then <laughs> tell us. Um, tell if, 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 like if you agree with me that that's a that's a really good way f- for you to continue your brand building your brand. by you know, at the yeah. end of every show, you know you know what you're going to get. You're going to get death by denim, and you can go crazy. Yeah. Um.
2: Yeah, I hate the song personally. Uh, it's one of my probably my least favourite that we've done so far um, ter- terrible track but whenever we play it live now I think because um, that was like one of our first ever songs whenever we play it live especially uh, at the end we usually do it as like a if not an encore like our last song or whatever um, we just get like people just going crazy and like you can obviously the name is in the name of the band is in the song so it's like um, especially if you play at a, a gig where you're supporting a big artist or something like that, and you play that as a last song, they'll be like, oh, what was the first band that we saw? I was like, oh, I'm pretty sure it was like Death by Dinner. And they said it about a thousand times in that <laughs> song. Like, oh, yeah, that's the one. Um, so, yes, yeah, it's, it's almost like a good marketing tool to have, you know, we don't have, like, posters out the back, but we can sing our, our name in a song. So, um, And it's, it is fun playing it live. Like, I don't enjoy listening to it at all. Um, and we all hate it to be honest, but playing it live on the night, it's always a lot of fun, and everyone seems to enjoy it on the night. So it's good.
1: Oh, it's definitely a time, definitely a time. But yeah. I'm with you with the song, yeah. and I think it's good advertising. Um, yeah. <laughs> probably the other thing I want to ask you about uh, the the concert was uh, you have uh, vinyl, so you've you've put your your album on vinyl, which I think's amazing. Um, what what sort of inspired you guys to to put it down on
2: vinyl because it's not something that all bands are doing. Yeah, it's not. Um, it's, it's like so expensive to make and then you've got to um, price it as quite expensive as well because then you won't get a, a profit or whatever. Um, but I think over the last kind of five years, vinyl has been coming back in with younger people for whatever reason. I don't know why. Um, I guess that's what happens. You know, people – nowadays think of the 60s 70s and they're like oh how cool was that time um and vinyl was obviously huge back then so um yeah we're just going with the trends i guess um you know in in 10 years 15 years because no one does cds anymore we definitely don't do cds but who knows that might come back into fashion again and bands will be making cds again because no one uses cds i don't know who uses cds um but vinyls everyone seems to use now it's like a collector's edition, and um, that's also another good way to uh, advertise your band as well. You put your uh, artwork on it and everything like that. Um, and apparently it's the, like, purest form of mm. the sound of the music, so you've got to do it. And that's what I've heard with you. I, like, um, I know that uh, Neil Young was massive uh,
1: you know, vinyl, vinyl music because it is the, the purest, most, you know, most, I guess, untouched form um, exactly, yeah. Of it, so I, I think it's exciting. I, I think it's amazing that you guys have done it. And, uh, anyone that hasn't gone out and, and got you know death by denim vinyl should go and do it. And that's that's my opinion. A little plug there for you. Um, um, probably the next thing for me is is what inspired you. You're obviously from Perth, and and um, you know you have come from a sporting background as well. Obviously music and and sport, and they two tend to go hand in hand a lot of the time, but um. And we've, Talk about that sporting background later, but um, what inspired you, you know, to, to to take the leap and and really pursue music because it's it's obviously a, a really rocky road and um, it's a tough industry to break into, particularly now in that you don't have record sales and you know everything's on digital uh, digital format. So, so what gave you the courage to do it? and What inspired you to become you know sort of the the man you are now?
2: Um, I think like from a young age because um, obviously I was, you know, a big basketballer when I was younger. I was always, like, dreaming big. So before the whole music thing, basketball, I was dreaming of making it to the NBA, as, as crazy as that was. Um, and then, you know, playing uh, SBL, playing for the Wildcats, playing for uh, the Boomers or whatever. So I was always, I've always been, like, a bit of a dreamer, I guess. Um, and then I got into music... After playing basketball, after high school, um, just did my ACL three times. So that was a bit of a pain. And I, after the second time, I remember thinking, like, this is just, nah, I need something else to, to have a direction and to have a passion for. Um, and Brad Robbins from the Wildcats, he was like, oh, I play music, play guitar, it's really, really helps me. And when times are tough or whatever, so I was like, oh, yeah, I'll pick up the guitar. Um, just use it as a hobby to start off with. And then the more I got into it, I was like, "Ah, maybe I can just give this a go, I guess. Um, and started listening to heaps of music, uh, Aussie, a lot of English music, um, like Brit rock and Brit pop and stuff like that. Um, and then, yeah, I don't know, man, how I got into like actually pursuing it as a thing. I remember just doing a gig on my own at village bar in Subiaco six years ago or whatever. Um, and I wasn't very good, but just gave it a go. Had all my friends there, which was fun. And I just got like a rush from that that I haven't, hadn't had before, even with basketball. So, yeah, it just made me think, well, this is where I'm most happy or, you know, want to do. That's where I feel my biggest passion lies. So just went for it and then um, fell into uh, the band kind of, they all knew each other. Um, they were looking for a vocalist and I knew someone that uh, Palais knew and then it just all came together. So, yeah. It's
1: awesome. I
0: us see. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, I think, but, you go, Sam. Um, the question is, though, I, I'm wondering, with the basketball influence, you know, there's a lot of hip-hop culture with mm. um, basketball. So why not a rapper? <laughs> why a rock star? <laughs>
2: well yeah i mean
0: i do love hip-hop
2: being a former basketball um basketballer like my brother train he got me into that type of music um in the community you know whatever i was listening to uh j cole kanye 50 eminem i was even i was listening to like neo and chris brown and all that sort of crap um and then it wasn't until I got, like, a bit older that I started listening to, I think it was, like, Matt Corby. He was the first one. And I was like, oh, that is that is some good good stuff there. And then Dad had already, he listened to, like, Pink Floyd and stuff like that, um, which I didn't appreciate when I was younger. But when I got <laughs> older, I was like, that's actually, that's good music there. Not, um, I don't know, the rappers nowadays were, like, some of them suck. The SoundCloud rappers, and I'm just like that. <laughs> but I still love hip hop. That's good. But there's so much trash out there. It's ridiculous.
1: Yeah. No, I feel. I feel that. Yeah. 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 Um. So you spoke about some of your sort of inspirations there. You, you mentioned Matt Corby, who who's obviously incredible. Um. And you mentioned some of your, you know, your parents' music. What, what sort of? Because I'm I'm a big Hall and Oates fan. I don't care what anyone says about them. I think they're amazing. <laughs> I think they're quite quite incredible. Um, and I listen, sure. and I, I listen to you know anything from you know Gabrielle Aplin, you know, and I listen to a lot of Maggie Rogers, and then I obviously listen to you guys. Yeah. And, you know, I listen to um, Queens of the Stone Age, and you know, and then I listen to some yeah. hip hop as well. So, are your is your your taste diverse? And do you think that sort of influences you know because your your music is. And i found what I probably like about it most is that nothing sounds the same, which is, I think, yeah. important if you want to be successful. Um, yeah. Who who would you say were your major influences? And is there anything that, you know, because I, I remember car trips with my parents and they'd have the carpenters on. No shit. Every yeah. single time we went for a drive, they had the carpenters on. So you sort of <laughs> sort of fed it down your throat. Um, yeah, yeah, and yeah. then when my dad had, you know, 10 or 15 beers, he put Pink Floyd or, or Super Tramp on. Right. Um yeah. So I always remember back, and that, that was sort of the influences that my dad had. So do you
2: have any sort of old school,
1: you know, bands that you, your dad or your mom or, you know, that, that sort of pushed on you that still hang there?
2: Um, so on those car trips that we used to have down south or wherever, um, I'm from Greek background. So dad would just play Greek music the whole time. Um, so a lot of the time I would have to just <laughs> either fall asleep because I'm just sick of it. <laughs> and Greek music as good as it is, it's, it's, it's quite nice, but every song finishes the exact same. Yeah. Like it's just all the same the whole time. It's just like, dad, come on, something <laughs> different, please. Um, so I had to put on my own earphones in halfway through the trip cause I couldn't stand it. Um, but yeah, with influences, um, I think, yeah. So I got into like Matt Corby and, uh, who like jack johnson i remember like those that kind of like folky stuff um just when i was starting out to play guitar because they were like kind of easy songs to learn on guitar with uh, jack johnson's kind of easy to try to sing as well so i was um started off with that and then i made my way into more yeah Brit rock Brit pop sort of stuff so arctic monkeys massive influence for me uh, personally and our band really um Arctic Monkeys, Oasis, Blur, uh, all, that, all that 90s Britpop sort of stuff. And then um, NXS, I really got into NXS in the last sort of five years. Just like absolutely love what they used to do. Um, and then also hip hop, you know, J. Cole, Kanye, uh, Frank Ocean, even though that's not quite hip hop, but um, Travis Scott nowadays as well. Kind of that weird hip hop stuff that he does um and then also psychedelic rock and stuff like that so yeah it's it's like a whole range of stuff which i think as you said we kind of pride ourselves on not sounding the same on every track whereas we hear a lot of bands that sound the same and it's just you can hear one song and then the seventh song on the album is the same it's like what's the i can just listen to the first one if i have to um (laughs) but yeah that's kind of that's what we pride ourselves on i think yeah
0: Oh, that's um, a few bands there that I've got no clue <laughs> about. Eh? My music, just <laughs> <laughs> good. Really no, Jack Johnson, sick though. I love Jack Johnson. <laughs> yeah, you would, you would know him.
1: <laughs> Jack Johnson is sick, yeah. man. He, he knows, he knows his stuff. He's, he's good, but again, he's another guy that's amazing, and probably his first two albums were, were really good, uh, but then everything sounded the same after that. So you know which probably is a little bit uh insulting i guess but you know it's it's just how it is unfortunately you get caught in the you know and that's what i like about you guys it's all different you know it's it's heavy and it's psychedelic and it's cool and smooth and yeah so yeah i think you guys Uh, are doing great things um what do you think your ceiling is what do you want for the band like is it just like we're just going to cruise along and have a good time or do you have have goals as a band
2: uh yeah we have heaps of goals um ever since probably early 2019, we sort of started to take it quite seriously. Um, And, you know, we've got like a management team and a booking agency team. We've got management and booking agencies in America and uh, in Europe as well. Um, So, yeah, our our ceiling, our goal, I guess, it's hard to even think about like travelling overseas and touring over there at the moment, but we just want to be able to... um, play music, being a band full time as our career, I guess, um, traveling around the world, playing festivals, big shows, um, you know, not necessarily being like huge and famous or whatever like that, if that comes and whatever, but, um, just being able to yeah, play music with each other and, um, tour the world and have a good time as well. At the same time, I think that's really important. Um, because in in our in the in the that industry, it um, can weigh you down quite a lot with all the negativity and all that sort of stuff. And um, and when you are on tour, you know you can be traveling around for two months and be playing almost every day. So it's like um, it is work at the end of the day. So you need to kind of treat it as such. But it's such a different sort of. Uh, type of work that it's hard to just treat it like a nine to five job because it isn't so yeah. but yeah those are those are our goals to, to be as big as we can i guess is if i can put it like that um you mentioned
1: there uh just the industry can be quite brutal at times so i've got like a two-piece right. question for you um what's the, the best thing you've ever heard in regards to someone sort of praising what you guys are doing and then what's the harshest thing anyone's ever said um,
2: the harshest, I'll start with the harshest was, um, I think we, we were starting out and there was a, there's a band called, uh, King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard yep. and they're quite a large band in Australia or around the world really. And, um, they run these like little festivals and we applied for it and, um, their management or I don't know if their booking agent or whatever messages back saying like, uh, the music is okay, but not great. Um, it kind of sounds like this, but nowhere near as good. And the band name is no good, or something like that. And we're just like, oh, far out! Like <laughs> we just started out, and you just, just bang, just straight away, just like you suck. This sucks. Everything sucks. It's like, okay. Um, and from a band that's called King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard, I mean <laughs> Death by then. What's this? <laughs> um, <laughs> and then the best, the best news, or something like that. I think when we got called to play um falls festival not that that was like a highlighting our sound but for us that was like um you know triple j and everything uh sort of highlighting our progression that we've had for the last three or four years um so for us it was like okay we're on the right path um let's just keep working at it and yeah like playing falls was obviously amazing um to be with all those big artists and stuff like that kind of get a taste for hopefully what's to come. And then two weeks after falls, COVID
0: hit Australia. So that was great. John, was <laughs> you, um, your uh, management order is that the same as Tones and I and Tash? It is, yes. Limitry. Yeah. So. Yeah. I thought, I thought so. um, is that like, was that a moment where you're like, well, like, that's pretty big time, like to kind of be under on that, also manages them to being pretty massive yeah. um, artists. Like, was that also, like, quite a, like, a realisation of how much you've kind of grown? Yeah,
2: it was. It was, like, because um, we had had chats with them for, like, before we signed with them for, like, six to eight months or something. Um, and I remember thinking, like, ah, oh, they're, they're just giving us advice, probably, they're not going to actually sign us Um, and then when they did it was like, whoa, amazing how good is this, blah, blah, blah but then it was also like, okay, now it actually needs to take it you need to take it a bit seriously now Um, and then yeah, like Hamish, our drummer, pretty much quit his job a few weeks after that just to focus on um, music and then um, yeah, just sort of little things like that, we started rehearsing every week instead of once every whenever, um, writing more, it just became more of a, a thing now instead of like a, a bit of a passion and a hobby and something to do on the weekends, it became a thing like our, our path, I guess. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's pretty sick to be able to have something like that
1: happen. It's yeah, pretty great. big time. Um, what's <laughs> so cool. the, um, what's the weirdest thing if someone in a crowd's done at one of your gigs? Um,
2: there was a couple of things. I think someone ate our set list once, which was a bit weird.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> she asked for it. She was like, can I have your set list? And I was like, oh, yeah, sure. And then she just ate it. So that was, that was strange. Did you think that would turn me <laughs> Nah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then someone also, right after the gig, like brought heaps of like jars of honey and then had like cigarettes and she was like giving jars of honey and cigarettes around. So that was pretty cool. That was a good one. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, probably, probably those two. The first one's probably the weirdest one. ah man, go for it. I'm sure it's healthy. Uh, people, um,
1: and probably the last one I've got, and we'll probably move on, um, is, um, Weirdest question you've got from someone either through an interview or podcast or, or some other form of uh, uh, social, I guess, you know, discovery. Yeah.
2: Uh, weirdest question. I feel like there's one that I can't remember. Um, ah, Nixie, you've got me. You've got me, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have got me. Uh, well, I thought I this were our, were our learning.
1: I thought you could educate us a little bit here, yeah. Nick. <laughs> So we um no, no. we we did mention that uh, that you were a promising basketball prospect as you're you're coming up mm-hmm. and and obviously Sam and I have been in basketball a, a long time and I've coached uh, at a, a reasonable level for a while as well and you're always on my radar um, before unfortunately you suffered some some horrific injuries and I think when you, you go through that it shows resilience and strength to to be able to get through that stuff but what did you find life like at college in, in the US?
2: Um. I didn't actually go to college. I went to, um, I went to heaps of visits, like a week visits yep. here and there. Um, but I got to spend a bit of time there. Um, and I just uh, – I don't know. For me, like, I had not fallen out of love with the game, but, like, I wasn't madly about it. And then just seeing um, even my brother, what, what he went through, like, just training twice a day sometimes – playing games and going back home studying and then you know trying to live the college lifestyle as well um as a young 18 to 22 year old whatever um just a bit hectic I thought and then obviously away from your family as well at such a young age I just wasn't at the maturity level at all to even consider doing that and um you know I had mental health issues as well which I just at that time I was like I can't can't really do that I had a few offers that were really humbling and cool but I just didn't take up on them at all um and I'm happy I didn't to be
1: honest yeah it can go one or two ways really um when you look at that I look at a lot of young basketballers that have the dream of going to college and they come back and they don't play anymore and you know um, yeah. it's it's actually quite sad it could really go the wrong way for you so uh, at the yeah. end of the day, if you're happy with the decision and you can live with it, and, you know, you look at yeah. where you are now, it's, it's probably a really good thing. Um, yeah, exactly. Talking about your, your brother, your brother has been the thorn in my side for, for a long, long time. and he, I think he... <laughs> He might have beaten me in three or four final series in a row. Yeah. Uh, which was uh, Not a grand final, though. No, no, no. He, he hasn't had the best history in the sleep lately. Oh, sorry, everybody. Sorry, we will Love you. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's actually heartbreaking. <laughs> um, but um, do you think, uh, and again, this is a little bit sort of left to centre, I guess, but do you think he is one of probably the most talented players um, to, to come out of pretty much our, our state that probably didn't get the opportunity
2: he deserved? Uh, obviously I'm very biased, but, um, yes, absolutely. Like I remember, um, him at under, like going way back, I think 2006 or something, 2007, um, him playing, I do know, it would have been later, 2010, uh, him playing under twenties, like nationals and playing against, he was playing with Cam Glidden and like Daniel Johnson, um, and then playing against guys like Patty Mills, Vadoba, Ryan Brockoff, uh, uh, Brock Modem, like all those, all those guys um, who played in the NBA, playing for the Boomers in the NBL, and he top scored that whole tournament. And um, like WA came Bron, they came third, so they weren't a bad team at all. They had Cam Glidden, DJ, like a great team, and then he went to college and did really well in college. I think him doing his knee um, right before, like I think it was his last game of college, his senior year, he did his knee and then he came back um, the next year and was like a Wildcats development player or whatever. Um, That kind of hurt him maybe a little bit because like you'd see – Cam Glenn, who is a great player, and other players get contracts where he was kind of stuck in, like, development. Um, so, yeah, I think he would definitely be up there, what he can do off the dribble and his three-point shot as well. I think defensively he's, he was kind of over uh, underrated, yep. especially when he was younger. He's a bit, bit old-legged now. But, um, yeah, I think he was a bit unlucky in a few situations um, to not make at least... An NBL team, yeah.
1: No, I agree. i got love for Tree. I think he's a superstar. And, uh, yeah. you know, I just felt like it's it's interesting where your journey takes you and just unfortunate things, uh, unfortunate times can sort of change where you're at. But he's he's in a really yeah, good job now and, you know, he's, he's happily he's. living life. So um, yeah. that's pretty much for me. The only other
0: thing I wanted to talk about is text
1: versus call, Sam.
0: Um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a massive um, texter. I really dislike um, talking on the phone, uh, which is quite ironic since we're doing a whole podcast on
1: uh,
0: a phone call, pretty much. Um, I mean, it helps that we've got the Zoom going on right now, so I can at see your face or me. something. But um, <laughs> yeah, I just it's more it's more phone calls with people that I don't know or that I'm not very um, the yeah. I haven't had social interaction with them in person multiple times. Um, So, yeah, I'm just thinking about other people's (laughs) thoughts, whether it's just my generation or I think
1: it might be a generational thing. Um, But I've done a lot of jobs in my time, um, which, you know, it's it's been good because I've experienced a lot of things. But um, some of those jobs have been, particularly when I was younger, involved cold calling. And I can't think of anything worse in my entire life than picking up the phone and ringing a stranger just out of the blue. And, you know, they know that you're ringing to try and sell them something, so it's like they don't want to talk to you anyway. And it's probably the, the worst job in the whole entire world, and I think that's given me a bad taste for, for calling people. So I'd rather text mm. as well. I'm like, you know, dude, you all all right? What's up? You know, you want to catch up um, on a text rather than a call? But I have mates
2: that call, and they prefer to call because it's faster. I'm big on text, I'm text all the way. Um, like sorry if any of my mates are listening but like many times that I haven't answered your call I'm there. I can I can, I can answer your call. I can I can answer it. but I'm sitting there I'm going no, I don't want to talk right now. I'm just I'm chilling just what what's right? What do you want? Um, and you can think about your answers if it's like a important thing that nah, I hate I hate calling. Um, especially Sammy, like yeah, as you were saying, if someone that I kind of know, but I don't like. Nah, don't don't call me. I don't want to talk. <laughs> yeah,
0: I'm. De- uh, I'm in the same same boat as you there. I definitely have sometimes watched the phone ring and then gone done something for five minutes and come back and just hit the text. I'm sorry, I missed your call. Like, what's up? <laughs> no, I was in the toilet. I'm sorry, <laughs> <laughs> what's up? What Not,
1: I'm um, I, I want you guys just to put your basketball hats on in this regard because I'm obviously coaching um, NBL1 uh, still. And uh, I want you guys to think about this. So I'm trying to recruit some players. So I need to, to get in contact with them. Now, there's two trains of thought here. It's you get their phone number, you pick it up, and you give them a call, or you send them a text first and say, hey, you know, I'm Coach Nix. I'm coaching this team, and I want you to, to be a part of it. Are you willing to have a conversation? If you're the player, which, which one do you guys prefer?
0: Oh, that's um, definitely the text first. And then, and then uh, yeah, ask whether, like, do you want to have a, a phone call or something? And then they can be like, yeah, sure, or
2: no. Nah, yeah,
0: 100%, 100% text first.
2: Um, and then, yeah, ask for a phone call. Or if obviously we're not in lockdown, do you want to catch up for a coffee or something like that? Um, rather that. But, yeah, text text first for sure. Because especially if you don't, if I don't know the number, and I'm I'm assuming most of these fellas are younger I guess um, if I don't know the number I'm not answering yeah there's, there's no way there's no way in hell I'm answering the phone so yeah I'd text first
1: now I'm doing it the right way that's a, that's a major relief <laughs> to me um, cuz I heard this funny story the other day I was I was sitting down and I was having a drink with an opal so he plays for the Australian women's national team, and and she was saying how there was a coach um, that rang her seven seven to nine times. It was either seven or nine times in a row to try and get in contact with her for a gig out here. And it's someone at, at wow. that level, um, and I was like, man, that just seems a little a little extreme. So um, yeah, weird. Yeah, what would you do if you had a... like say you're you're uh, you're obviously um you're on the way up and and there's a gig that wants you to come out and they don't call your management the team they call you directly and they rank seven or eight times is that a gig you're gonna take or is that like you know you know this guy's a little bit (laughs) full-on
2: um probably depends on what the who the gig is like who's the band that we're going to be playing with yeah one and two, how much money that they, they offer? <laughs> <those> <laughs> Mate, I feel that because as I said, we've got our rider of uh, a carton of beers and a bottle of vodka. I can just we can just tuck into that and not talk to this weirdo that's calling me ten times straight. <laughs> that's easy. <laughs> I can easily do that. Right. And probably the the other question I have for you Nick before Sam goes is: We've
1: tried to get you on the show the last three weeks. Um, have you deliberately dogged us? <laughs>
2: I haven't. No, I haven't. <laughs> so last week, we actually had this um American thing. I don't know if I... Uh, whatever. I can say it. It's called South by Southwest. Yeah. Um, That's like a massive... Huge. American conference thing. Yeah. Yeah. I hadn't really known about it before, like, last year. But then... Yeah. So we got into that. Um, But obviously, we can't go to America. So we had to do, like, a... um like, backyard session thing, and it was, like, super late notice, and we – it's meant to be, like, live, but obviously it's not because we recorded it last week, and then it's going to be aired out in March, and then the week before, I can't remember what it was, but, yeah, sorry, boys, but here I am
0: now. (laughs) Here I am in COVID time. (laughs) We're just going to have to get you on uh, another time when it's uh, in person, so it's not uh... a beer's
1: laughing. Couple of couplers. I love it. Um, um, that's yeah, lubricated um, <laughs> um, have you got any sort of shout outs or
2: hashtags that you want to make
1: um, for you guys Nick um,
2: yeah obviously we've got our new album or not that new anymore but uh, that came out last year it's called Sleepless and Sunkist if you want to vinyl or just stream it on Spotify or whatever go check that out um, yeah we're going to hopefully have a few more gigs soon so if you're um, if we're able to uh, come down and support live music, have a good time. Sammy and Nick, you'll be there, of course. Absolutely. Uh, as, as long-time fans. And, um, and yeah, no, that's it.
0: Thanks for having me on, boys. Really appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun. Sweet. Oh, thank you. It's been awesome having you on, Nick. Um, and we'll uh, definitely plug uh, Death by Denim when we uh, do our Insta posts. Yeah, and what. I'll, I'll chuck it up um, too. And um, oh, what was I going to say? Oh yeah, I was going to say hopefully, Death by Denim at least gets like one more follow from our plug, you know, because we it's a pretty big time plug to get to get on our page. You know, so hopefully we get you know an extra.
2: Well, Death you know, by Denim uh, following opinions uh, unqualified very shortly. So don't worry about you'll get one extra. Don't worry. About it. <laughs> uh, yeah,
1: well thanks for coming on, Nick. Uh, we think you're a legend of a guy. Uh, it's really good to, to have someone that, that's generating a really high profile, so down to earth and, and so generous with your time. Um, we really appreciate that. Um, we are, as silly as it sounds, uh, we are 100% behind you and the boys and, and really look forward to seeing you guys do amazing things um, in the future. Um, we'll, um, thanks, would We'll, that. well, we'll great definitely great. be at the next gig. and um, yeah, you. Uh, if, if you can sneak me something from the rider, that'd, uh, that'd be amazing as well. <laughs> yeah, no worries. Come backstage. You got your sorted. That's it. All right. <laughs> Um, remember our opinions on qualified opinions on hashtag. Get on our social media. Make sure you share, um, you know, with your friends. Um, if you're not listening to Death by Denim, make sure you start. I think you'll you'll find the music is, um, you know, it's it's unique and it's different, and uh, you know, it's it's Perth, uh, just like us. It's it's made in Perth and by Perth people. Um, so um, get on that bandwagon because if you're off it now, I'm sure in time you'll you'll definitely be jumping on it. Um, and My advice is always to be in the front seat in those situations. So uh, get on that. Um, We're opinions unqualified. Thanks, Sammy. Great work as always. Sure. Take it
0: easy. boys.